You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 79. Hey there, Impact Drivers. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard, and today I have with me Joe Puzz, better known as PMO Joe. And we're going to be talking about the purpose-driven PMO. This episode is sponsored by Cyforma. Strengthen your PMO and make an impact by powering your decision-making. Cyforma PPM is a project portfolio management software that will centralize your projects, planning, and resources into one system. Use this data, portfolio simulations, health scores, status overviews, and more to drive your strategy delivery decisions. You can learn more and even check out their product demo by going to pmostrategies.com forward slash 79. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash 79. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Joe before we dive in. He is known as PMO Joe and is the founder and president of the PMO Squad, a Phoenix-based PMO and project management consulting firm here in the United States. For over seven years, the PMO Squad has been assisting clients across the U.S. to improve delivery of key strategic initiatives and improving the capabilities of their PMO. A key ingredient to the PMO Squad's success is helping clients to empower people to deliver results. He's also the host of the Project Management Office Hours radio show and podcast, providing project management leaders a voice within our community. So with that said, Joe, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Laura. It's great to be here. Appreciate it. And, And thank you for everything you're doing within the community, especially the PMO Impact Summit and the show. It's great to be a part of that. Oh, absolutely. And thank you as well. As we've been talking about off the podcast and off the screen is all the ways that we believe it is important to support this community that we share, the PMO and project management community. And I just love everything that you're doing, Joe, to support this community as well. So I really appreciate you and the PMO leader that I was back in 1999 when none of this stuff was available really appreciates you and everything that we're doing to help make it easier for those that come after us, right? Absolutely, yes. When you're there and you feel the struggle, right, you want to help others afterwards and and make it be uh, less of a struggle for them. Exactly. And so we're both endeavoring to do just that. And speaking of that, I love this concept you have of the purpose-driven PMO. And I know that you and I talked about it in the past and you shared with it in one of the PMO Impact Summit events in the past. And I think it's just so cool. So I wanna make sure that we share with the audience what that means, what that's about, all of our impact drivers listening. I think that this is an important topic for us to be considering with our PMOs because so much information out there talks about the PMO from the templates, tools, and process perspective. And not that those things are evil when used for good instead of evil they can be very powerful however that's not where we start and i think you and i are super aligned on this and i just am excited to share this with the audience talking about what for the purpose-driven pmo would look like so how about we start there can you tell me a little bit about this purpose-driven pmo concept and what that looks like 
Yeah, I think one of the struggles that we had, right, when we were PMO leaders and a lot of PMO leaders have today is they work on what to do and how to do it. Mm. But they don't start with why they're doing it. They don't have a purpose, right? They haven't identified, you know, if we steal Simon Sinek's terminology, it starts with why. Mm-hmm. And someone like Mark Perry, who is the business-driven PMO, you know, he advocates that it's a business reason. Mm-hmm. And I advocate it could be for a business reason, but it, it might be for something else. So if you don't define why your PMO exists up front, you're going to struggle with being able to meet expectations of your leaders because the leaders aren't aligned with your own expectations, right? We're narrow focused and we think our process, our methodology is the way to go. And then all of a sudden we deliver to executives and they say, well, you haven't delivered on the strategy we're trying to achieve this year. Right. But all my projects are green, right? All of our audits are passed. It doesn't matter. So for us, we start with purpose. And a critical component to this also is PMOs around the world, we can't even collectively agree on what a PMO is, right? There's a project management office, a program management office, a portfolio management office, So we wanted to look at that and we collected feedback from folks and said, what are we actually trying to achieve? First was our purpose. Then we wanted to measure how well we were doing. And then we would optimize how we were achieving based on those measures. Mm -hmm. So it fell into our lap that the PMO is really purpose, measure, optimize. Oh, look at that. It is PMO. (laughs) Right. So regardless if you're a project portfolio or a program management office, your purpose will define that. Yeah. Measure how well you're doing and then optimize afterwards. Oh, I like that. You're really hitting the nail on the head for me because I think that when we talk about the PMO in terms of project portfolio program, we're still getting too focused on the outputs we're creating as opposed to the impact we're having. And as you know, Joe, I call mine the impact engine PMO, right? It's about driving impact for the organization and very much aligned with what you're talking about. It's got to be towards a purpose. And in fact, in my training programs, one of my training programs, I actually have my PMO students watch that start with why Simon Sinek video, because it really hits the nail on the head. If you don't start with why you're doing that work, then nothing else you do is going to be aligned with that. Nothing else you do is going to really hit the nail on the head with what your business leaders are looking for. And everyone can get behind it when they understand the why. And so I think you're right on with this whole concept of really focusing on defining that purpose first and doing that before you then start building a bunch of things. Like the biggest mistakes you've seen them, I've seen them, is, you know, you talked about Mark Price Perry, he's seen them, <laughs> we've all seen them, where people will get tasked with starting a PMO and then they go out and read one of those books or they take one of those courses and they, they watch that video and it says, okay, great, first build your charter and go create a bunch of templates and go create a bunch of process and go get a tool, for goodness sakes, have a tool, right? We've all seen that. And you know what happens, right, Joe? That's when they call us because the business, leader, the business leaders call us and they say, I don't know what they're doing over there, but this is not what we need. Can somebody please come fix it, right? Well, I think the evolution of the PMO leader is that it's a project manager who was good at managing projects mm-hmm. and, they, and he or she are promoted into the leadership role and they've never received leadership training. 
Right. They haven't learned how to interact with their peers, the heads of other departments. So when the PMO leader needs to respond with what's your impact, what's your purpose, what are you delivering? Mm -hmm. They fall back to red, yellow, green, like when they were running individual projects. Right. So I think what we're both trying to do here is help turn project managers really into PMO leaders. Yeah. And you don't start with, how do I do it? Whether it's servant leadership, whether it's coaching, whether it's Simon Sinek, whatever the leadership style that you choose, it's always about leading people, right? Empowering people to deliver. Right. When you're defining a template, you're not empowering anybody. You're giving them the process they have to follow. And we advocate for defining it and, and agreeing with your leadership team. So the expectations are in alignment, right? It can't be just your purpose. It's the organization's purpose for the PMO to exist. And through that alignment and expectations, you now have an ability to be successful because you're not only barking up your tree, you're barking up the complete organizational tree. There, the alignment is missing in so many PMOs that we work with across the United States. Yes, exactly. Oh, I love it. I love it. And at the time we're recording this, I'm working on a book that talks about this very topic, this lack of alignment and how to close that gap. So I totally dig what you're talking about here, Joe, because it's exactly what I've seen being in this PMO space since 99 and trying. And actually, I was really lucky in my early PMOs because I didn't have access to a lot of information. So I had to figure it out on my own. And the reason that was fortunate is that I didn't know what was supposed to be a PMO. I didn't know what was supposed to happen. I didn't know that you were supposed to have all these templates and all this process. All I knew is my business leader said, look, we've got a portfolio of, and he probably didn't even call it a portfolio. Look, we've got all these projects happening in the e-commerce space, right? And we were on bleeding edge technology, bleeding edge stuff that we we're doing in our organization. And actually a longtime friend of mine, Joe Cudby, one of our other speakers for the summit, another Joe is talking at the summit this year about the years back when we first worked together. And now he's off doing big, cool technology things. And I've been doing this PMO stuff for a long time. And I keep saying, hey, remember when, back in the day, when yeah. we, our office was a couple doors down from each other and I was building that first PMO. And what we joked about is none of us knew what the heck we were doing back then. And there was an advantage to that in that you had no choice but to ask your business leaders what they were looking for, right? You had to, why are we here? Why are we doing what we're doing? You had to ask that question because you didn't have this, well, this is what you're supposed to do kind of framework that a lot of people have today. And unfortunately it can cause PMO leaders to kind of head off in the wrong direction because they don't have that alignment you're talking about because they don't have that connection to the why. And so I think this is awesome that you start with that and that that's the first step in the process, right? Is starting with the why and understanding why you're there. So can you talk through all the steps of this purpose-driven PMO framework? Yeah, so our methodology, because you have to have a methodology these days, right? You have to tie <laughs> into it. So if we think purpose, measure, optimize as the three drivers of how to organize and structure the methodology, within those drivers, we have gears, right? Just like any yeah. engine, you have to power the drive shaft through the gears, right? That's great. So within the purpose section, as you said, we start with define your purpose. Mm -hmm. If you don't have that first, you're gonna fail. You've mm -hmm. seen it, I've seen it. it. It may take a year, two years, four years, five years, but you're not gonna be successful. Mm -hmm. 
after you know why you're going to do it, now you can look at the how and the what. So our second step, second gear, is build your PMO playbook. Mm. Right? You need to, just like sports teams, right? The, I'm a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They don't go out on game day and just play sandlot football. They build a playbook so that every team member knows where to line up. Yeah. They know their position. They know their role. They understand what it is. And everybody gets it, right? Everyone right. has alignment. That's the second step. The third step in that purpose driver is to empower your people, mm. right? When we talk to leaders all around the world, I always ask, what is the most important asset in your team? What's number one thing you have? And every answer is, oh, our people are the best. We always rely on our people. Well, then I ask them, how come they don't let them move without process? Why do they tie their hands and handcuff them? You must do the following. And this is unique in the project space. If you think about sales departments, mm -hmm. No senior vice president in the sale says, sorry, you can't close that deal because you didn't update the CRM system. Right. I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but in the project space, that's what we do. You can't yeah. move to the next phase of your project because you didn't complete your project checklist. We've got to right. change that mindset. So the purpose driver is define your purpose, build your playbook, and empower your people. When you put all of those things in motion, next up is measure. You want to understand how well are you performing. So you have to measure your value. And it mm -hmm. can't be the traditional red, yellow, green, right? What is the impact that you're making on the organization? Right. And then communicate that value back out to the leadership team. Right. right? This is your chance to beat on your chest, show how good a job you're doing. Um, let everybody know that you are a value-driven organization. You are not overhead, right? You are making strategy happen. Mm -hmm. We then move into the optimize section, and we have playbook and people, right? We had talked about up in purpose, and so now you optimize your playbook and you optimize your people. If we think again back to sports teams, there isn't a sports team out there that doesn't allow the quarterback to call audible at the line of scrimmage Mm -hmm. Or if they're nearing the playoffs, they don't see if they can make a trade to bring on better talent. Far too often we find PMO leaders who build a playbook, and it's the same playbook five years later. They haven't tweaked it for the changes in the company. And the team, they find such loyalty to their team members. If they have an underperforming resource, they don't find a, a way to work them out of the organization. It may not be a fit for them. Mm. They'll spend and invest so much energy trying to get them to be something they're not capable of being. Right. Instead, they could be going out and finding that superstar project manager who's a free agent. Maybe they got a company downsized and they're laid off. Go get the best talent you can, just like we do with our pro sports teams. Right. So three drivers, seven gears, collectively, they're the purpose-driven PMO. Oh, I love it. You know, and I didn't realize until now really truly how aligned our stuff is so our program's called the impact engine pmo which is all about the gears right and yeah. it really speaks to how we all see how we together how the work that we do really is so aligned with supporting this community and helping them understand 
it is about creating that engine of impact. It is about creating that mechanism, the moving parts that must happen and must be moving in order for you to generate the impact that you're trying to create in an organization. So I think this is really, really super cool how our messages in this kind of the why statement and starting with all that really, it really resonates with me. And that's why I wanted to share this with everyone because I think it's hitting the nail on the head with what so many of our community need to hear. I can't tell you, Joe, the number of times people have said, well, just tell me, tell me the book to go read and that's going to make it happen. And go tell me, I'll start with the charter and I'll build a bunch of templates and process. And that's what my business leaders need. Or people will go into an organization and say, all right, I've done this before. So I know the medicine you need to take. So let me just tell you what we're going to do here. And I think that's really, we really need to flip that upside down. And we really need to be asking the kind of questions you're talking about with really understanding that purpose. And then being able to measure and show the value, right? Once you've got your purpose, you've got everything aligned with the purpose and you're executing on that. I love this playbook thing, right? Because we have a PMO playbook too. <laughs> so yeah. it's cool. Yeah. These are the fundamentals, all you impact drivers listening, all of you impact drivers, listen to what we're saying here. Because you've got two people that have built completely separate programs without knowing about each other's programs. We've been doing it for years and look at how aligned we are. And our students are incredibly successful. Our clients are incredibly successful. So there's got to be some magic here, right? Well, not really. Yeah. We walk you through. These are the things that you need to do to support building the right PMO for your organization so that it not just creates a bunch of outputs and it creates outcomes. And that's why I like how you have this big emphasis, Joe, on the measuring parts, right? Because we really do need to measure not just the number of things we're creating. I mean, you hit it with the red, yellow, green, right? It's not just about the triple constraint. And if you're at the PMO level, it's not just about if your projects are meeting the time, scope, and cost. Are they helping not just create a bunch of outputs, not just your EVM numbers can be beautiful, and you can still have a failure of a project because Absolutely. you've got to make sure that you're measuring the right things. And so I love that you have that kind of framework for people to do that. And then, like you said, then you go streamline it, then you go optimize. Then after you've done it for a while and you've learned some lessons, you go make it even better. And better doesn't mean more. And that's why I like how you have the word optimize in there because it's not about, okay, now let's add more templates to the process. Now let's add more steps. I think, Joe, I don't know if you've seen this, but for me, I feel like, so much of how we as project leaders and PMO leaders were taught to measure ourselves was based on the number of things we create, right? The number of steps in the yeah. process, the number of templates, the number of projects we're managing, the number of project managers we have. We value ourselves based on the quantities as opposed to the quality and the outcomes we're creating. And so I like how your framework kind of leads people on that kind of mindset shift in focusing not on the numbers of things, but on the value it's creating for the organization. So that's super cool. Yeah, and I, I think what you hit on, the commonality comes from the point where when we put this methodology together, mm -hmm. we worked with peers across the country and clients that we've had and getting input from the PMO community about what is the PMO and what are the challenges they have, right? And there's surveys, there, there's data out there on this. And there was always three questions that came up. Why does the PMO exist? Yeah. And we answer that with define your purpose. Right. How do organizations demonstrate value out of the PMO? Well, you have to measure, right? If you don't measure, you're not going to know if you're providing value. Right. And the third was, how do we stay relevant as the organization changes? 
-hmm. And for us, that was, you have to optimize. Yeah. Right? No organization is the same next year and the year after and the year after as the, the time when you started in your PMO leader role. Mm -hmm. So if your PMO is the same, you're not going to be serving the customer because you have a different customer now, right? The organization has changed. Right. So if we stick with purpose, your purpose this year, maybe it's your first year and the organization just wants you to be a governance PMO. Right. And you're just about making sure you implement process and get people to follow it. Next year, your purpose may be deliver strategic impact. Mm -hmm. And if you're still following the same process, the same playbook, you're going to fail miserably, right? So you have to optimize your playbook to align with your purpose. Mm -hmm. And it's not a one and done, right? It's a continuous improvement. Exactly. It's, a, it's a cycle. That's why we use gears, right? And, and you have to keep changing and shifting through your gears to get the output you're looking for. Yes, exactly. Oh my gosh, I love it. And that's why gears kind of <laughs> popped into my head several years ago when I was trying to explain what I had been doing inside organizations, like as a PMO leader, like a lot of you said, like, Joe, this is based on your real experience, your personal experience, your experience with your clients, the community's experience, same thing here. And it just makes sense because the way I look at it is I call it sustainability and evolution, right? So for example, our module six is all about continuing, like you said, going back now and then evaluating where you are and figuring out how to shift as the needs of the organization shift. And that's so important. The PMO needs to be able to pivot. And if 2020 taught us anything, it's that the needs of your organization will shift. And sometimes it's gonna happen overnight. And you're going to have to, if you wanna stay relevant, if you wanna get and maintain your seat at the table, you've got to be pivoting, shifting, evolving as the needs of the organization shift. I love it. I love what you're talking about here because I think it really represents the real world, right? It's not based on, okay, well, you can just go read this book and poof, you're going to be able to have a PMO, or you can just go create a bunch of templates and processes stuff. And even if that's what they needed in year one, it doesn't mean it's going to be what they need in year two and in th year three, because if you meet the need, then the needs will evolve and you've got to go meet that next need. So I love the optimize. So how we do it is we've got these 90 day cycles. It's basically an agile approach to PMO implementation. So the process is meant to be iterative specifically for what you're talking about. Get that first thing done, get that first pain point addressed, and then you iterate and you evolve and you have to keep and asking and answering the question that your program does, that my program does, does that we know works, right? <laughs> You've got to be able to then ask the next question, which is, okay, what do you need now? How have things changed? So I love your example of, okay, you were a governance PMO at first, but now you need to be more about strategy delivery and you can't keep doing the same things when the needs change because your business leaders are going to hear you're not listening to me that's what they're going to think and that's when people start working around the pmo right instead of that's with right. the pmo because it's not meeting their needs yeah and we start clogging up the gears right you can't you won't function well and that's where we have to make sure that we're evolving with the organization not yes. against the organization Yes, exactly. So, so on point. I love it. 
So Joe, you and I are just like two pieces in a pot on this stuff. But I love it because people could look at it and say, what? They're talking about two different programs. We have, everybody has their approach, right? But you and I truly, I feel that our community could benefit from working with either of us because we've been there, we've done that, we've seen it. And our approaches are similar in that they help the PMO earn their seat at the table, achieve the strategic outcomes, their purpose for the organization. They're able to help serve the organization the way it's meant to be served. And I truly believe personally that the PMO, the leader of that PMO, and regardless of what you call it, right? Like you said, is it project, program, portfolio? We have several people that are have been on the podcast, they're at the summit that talk about the strategy realization office. It's not really about what you call it. It's about that function, that person, that impact driver in the organization, that person and that team whose mission is to be there to solve those business problems for the organization, help take the ideas and turn them into the outcomes. So it's a very special place that I think our impact drivers need to be invited into those conversations, get their seat at the table to be a part of solving those business problems. And the kind of work that we both you and I do, Joe, is to help serve that community in achieving those goals. Yeah, absolutely. The reality is projects deliver for organizations. Mm-hmm. And there are specific decisions being made to go do the projects, right? We're not an operations department. Right. We are a strategic delivery of a tactical or strategic decision the organization's made to go deliver. Right. right? And every other department relies on us to go do what they need to do, mm-hmm. right? But there's a chief marketing officer, a uh, senior vice president of sales. There's a C-suite of executives for every function, usually except for delivery Mm -hmm. and the project function. So we as leaders have to stop thinking we're project managers and recognize that we're executives within an organization helping them to achieve their strategic outcomes. If we don't do that, we'll never be successful because we're not going to align with what they want from us, right? They make a decision that we're going to increase sales this year. IT department says in order to support that decision, we're going to implement a new CRM system. Mm -hmm. They assign it to a project manager and the project manager thinks we're just implementing a project. You're not, you're driving sales. And we as the leaders of that PMO have to make sure that our team and the organization understands the steps we're taking in this project are to increase sales. Mm-hmm. We have to stop thinking project. When we're the leader of this organization, stop thinking project, start thinking leader, right? And that's what this is all about. Our methodology, right? The purpose-driven PMO tries to change the mindset from a individual contributor to an organizational leader. And what are the steps I need to take so that we can be successful, both my team, my department, and of course, most importantly, the organization as a whole. Oh, for sure. And you know, it's funny because a lot of times because of the way we're raised, right? Like we've got a lot of the people that listen to the podcast are either PMI certified, their PMP or one of the other certifications or Prince2 or something else out there. But I'll tell you one thing, if you look at, and we have a PMO or PMP training program ourselves, we do believe people should get their PMP to set that common language. And we also teach them 
now that you've got this common language, you need to learn how to use these tools and resources for good instead of evil, right? <laughs> you've got to know where and how to use them and apply that, put some of that common sense into common practice. It's not just about best practice, it's about common sense going into common practice. And what I mean by that is, you know, when we think about managing the triple constraint and earn value management, for example, how many times have you seen project teams busy celebrating their success because their project was on time, on scope, on budget. And the business leaders are looking at that project as a failure. Now, why would that be? Well, because you manage the scope on that project so tightly and you put so many barriers to the change control process and getting the change through the change control board that it was gonna take three months to get a change through and by then the project's finished, right? And that change would have made the difference between that product, service, deliverable, whatever you've created, achieving the return on investment goals that it was going to, it was meant to achieve or not. It made the difference between the customer satisfaction results that you were hoping for and not. The market shifted. And as a result, you've got your business people coming saying, listen, we've got to get this change in or else there's no point in doing the project. And somehow those project teams just keep plugging along and getting that project done and saying, no, 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 we can't let this change in. Sorry, that'll have to be later. And then nobody even wants to move forward with phase two or phase three because so far the business leaders are saying, well, this was a failure, right? So you are really touching on something that hits home for me. And that is making sure that we understand the business outcome we're trying to create for the projects we're doing in the first place. And as a PMO leader, it, look, it's no fault of your own. If you have been focused on the inputs, outputs, tools, and techniques, that is how you were trained, right? We were all That's trained right. with our PMP certifications to do the inputs, outputs, tools, and techniques. And we have to understand that those are the means to the end, not the end itself. And at the end, that end goal, that outcome that we're shooting for, it's our jobs as impact drivers to ensure that everybody involved in these projects all of our project resources, including our project managers, understand the purpose, like you say, of doing that project in the first place. And for the PMO level, it's the purpose of your PMO. Your purpose of your PMO is not to create templates. It's not to create outputs. It's actually not even about managing projects. It's about achieving those bigger outcomes, the whole reason you're there in the first place. So I love that you have such an emphasis on that purpose here because you're really touching a sore spot in talking about, this isn't about projects, this is about leadership. And I think it's something that we really cannot say enough of in this community and support this community and kind of looking up and out and seeing the forest for the trees, if you will. We're so focused on those individual trees, those individual projects, and if they're red, yellow, and green, and that's actually not the questions our business leaders need us to answer. That's right. Yeah, and I, I often try to not talk in project management lingo because mm -hmm. sometimes we lose people and sometimes we have different definitions. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about things that we have in common, like everybody roots for sports teams, right? They have a favorite team. So I think the owner of the team in baseball is trying to win the World Series. Right. He isn't as concerned with what is the batting average of a player or what is the pitcher's earned run average. The player, right, is concerned with that because they want to get a big contract from the owner. And the manager of the team is concerned about wins and losses, right? So mm -hmm. if we think there's you know, a professional pitcher, he has a manager, 
the manager, there's a general manager and the general manager reports to an owner. We have that same structure kind of within a PMO. Yeah. Our PMs want to have successful projects and they should be doing stoplights, right? To your point of all the things they learned to get their certifications. But the manager of the PMO is kind of like the manager of the baseball team. Right. He or she shouldn't be as concerned specifically with what is your individual statistic. He needs to win games so that the owner can win the World Series. Mm-hmm. And, and that mindset is why they go optimize the team. If they have a first baseman that's having a horrible year, they don't keep that first baseman. They get rid of the first baseman and bring somebody in who can do a better job because they're focused on the outcome, the purpose of win the World Series. Right. And so I try to talk to clients or at webinars or everything in ways that people can say, oh, I get that. I understand that now. When you're saying that to me in project management speak, I didn't quite understand what you were saying, but I root for the, the Red Sox or the Yankees or, or the Marlins, and I don't understand why they don't do X, Y, Z, right? But mm-hmm. now you get it. You can, you can kind of put those pieces together. So think, what are you really playing for? Mm-hmm. Are you playing for the World Series? Are you playing maybe just to make the playoffs? Or some teams know they're really not talented, so they actually play to come in last place so they can win the number one draft pick and try to be better next year. But their purpose defines that. They know how to execute this year. And we need to understand we have to do that with PMOs. Oh, Joe, listen, you already had me with PMOs because that's my first love language. And then you start talking baseball and you're speaking my second love language. So I totally dig what you're saying here. And it's such a cool analogy to think about it that way, because that is a wonderful example of the decisions you make for how you execute, what you do, how you spend your time on your projects, on your PMO is based on that purpose, on that one goal that everyone is driving towards. And the more the PMO can help connect that bigger picture goal to the work that everybody's doing, the more that work will be aligned with the organization achieving its outcomes, right? Not just those outputs. So I am totally down. I love it. (laughs) You got, you threw baseball in there. You just uh, head over heels now, Joe. (laughs) That's what I'm here for, right? (laughs) Okay, so before we wrap up here, I want to talk a little bit about this PMO squad thing because you've got some really cool stuff you're doing with this PMO squad. And I was hoping maybe you could talk a little bit about that and what the story is behind that. Yeah, so the reality you brought up before, right? I used to run a PMO in corporate America. You used to do that. And when I did that, my first one, I failed miserably. I hate to admit it now, but I was a horrible first-time PMO manager. And there wasn't anywhere to turn to try to be better. Uh, There wasn't a PMI giving a a certification in PMOs, right? How to be a leader. And then I went into a next job and I was a little better as a PMO leader because you learn your lessons, but there's still nowhere to go. And after having several PMO leadership roles, one thing was constant, right? The Mm -hmm. boss always said, well, why don't you go hire a consultant? Why don't you bring in somebody who knows what they're doing? And I'm like, well, I know what I'm doing. I understand. I didn't the first time, but now I get it. And then I recognized, well, I need to go create something that the people like me have a resource to be able to go leverage. Yeah. So in the mindset, it isn't the Joe show, right? It's not about me. It's about the squad. It's about this group of people that form a community that we can help. So whether you're, 
using agile practices or you're using traditional practices, whether you're in marketing or construction, we all have something in common and it's this love and passion for project management. Mm -hmm. So how can the squad form together to be able to then go out and assist clients? And here we are seven years later and we're doing it, right? We're helping clients across the U.S. internationally. We deliver for veterans. We have our podcast radio show, as you said. We've yeah. developed our methodology. We've got books in process, right? This organic organization built from the need to give PMO leaders tools to be successful mm. because they're not on the marketplace, right? They're, they were going back seven plus years now there wasn't anything that's out there that's readily available. There's people like you and there's people like me that have our niche that we work within, that we've got our following and we're helping those people. But what are we doing to kind of Coke and Pepsi to me aren't competitors, right? They're both soft drinks. And if people stop drinking Coke, well, then they're going to stop drinking Pepsi. So we need people like you and me, you're Coke, I'm Pepsi. However, we split that to be able to say with both of us, we're successful. And I wanted to go out into the industry and show people it's okay to have some subtle differences mm-hmm. as long as we're both doing the same thing. And that's right. the PMO squad, right? This, this collection of people out there trying to benefit the world and help our clients be successful, delivering projects, delivering for their PMO, and getting them the training and education they need to be successful. That's so cool. I love it. I love it. So we're both out there serving this community and I love how much we have in common because I want to hear more people sharing the message that I've been, feel like I've been sharing for so long now. As you know, I often say to my community, gosh, I wish I had me when I was you, right? Right. Yeah. That's really what this is about is when you started and when I started, we didn't have these things. And our goal is to ensure that no PMO leader is left behind. That's everything we do with the work that you do, that I do. And I'm just so grateful that there are others like me in this community, like us, that are trying to do this work and help ensure that PMO leaders everywhere have what they need to help them solve business problems, right? Because that's what they're there for. So this is wonderful. Okay. So, all right. One last question for you. I got to know, where did the name PMO Joe come from? Well, this goes back into my corporate days. I worked for Textron, which people might be more familiar with uh, the brands they have. Cessna Aircraft, Bell Helicopter, mm-hmm. EasyGo, Golf Cars. And we created a council, right? There were nine business units that comprised to make up the conglomerate Textron. And each business unit had their own PMO. Well, being somebody interested in this stuff, I said, why don't we PMO leaders get together and figure out a way is their best practice that we can share amongst the different business units. So we started doing that. And along the way we got together and we were at one of our meetings and somebody had asked one of the PMO leaders, Hey, who, who is that guy? I don't, I'm not familiar with who that person is. And they said, Oh, well, that's PMO Joe. Cause <laughs> I was the guy that was out there trying to get all of us on the same PMO page. Yeah. Right? It was the belief that there's a way to do this better and you don't have to own it yourself, right? So mm-hmm. from that day, I was like, what did you say? And they said, you're PMO Joe. And I okay, I guess I'm PMO Joe. And it's uh, kind of stayed with me because that's all I do. We're not a management consulting firm, right? We don't go out and try to solve all your problems. I only want to help you with project management and PMOs. I guess it's probably 15 plus years now I've been PMO Joe and it seems to work. So I'm going to stay with it. 
I love it. I love it. Well, I've only known you as PMO Joe, and I love everything that you're doing to support this PMO community from the PMO squad to all of the stuff you do with your radio show and podcast. I think it's great. So thank you on behalf of my Impact Driver community. Thank you for all that you're doing to continue to support PMO leaders around the world. We share that in common. We'll continue to work on things together to continue to support this community as best we can. So again, thank you for being part of this movement to help our PMO leaders globally, one, not be left behind, but two, push them forward into the future and ensure that the PMO is not just thought of as, oh, that thing over there, but much more about the center of the universe, the engine that drives the impact for an organization. So thank you for everything you're doing, Joe, and thanks for being here today. My pleasure. Appreciate the opportunity to speak to your audience and uh, help empower people to deliver results, right? That's our purpose. And I think with what you're doing, what we're doing, we're doing that, right? We're yeah. making progress. Absolutely. And don't forget, this episode is sponsored by Cyforma. Strengthen your PMO and make an impact by powering your decision-making. Cyforma PPM is project portfolio management software that will centralize your projects, planning, and resources into one system. Use this data, portfolio simulations, health scores, status overviews, and so much more to drive your strategy delivery decisions. Now you can check them out right on our podcast page at pmostrategies.com forward slash 79. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash 79. That's it for today's session. Thank you so much for allowing us to spend a little bit of your day with you. And we look forward to hearing what you have to say about this session, what you took away from it, how you're looking to drive more purpose, make sure you measure and then optimize your PMO so that it can be a purpose-driven PMO. I'll see you in the next session. Bye-bye for now. 